The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. Well, it's been 24 hours. <laughs> Everything going as planned. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you, like me, on many retreats, came to get down to business, <laughs> eradicate some habit or something. And here we are, offering lots of support and guidance on doing nothing. <laughs> Although it's not quite doing nothing, is it? <laughs> yeah, being interested in all that's moving and arising. And it, uh, it points to or shows really quickly and clearly all of the places that we are holding on, trying to control, trying to manage, trying to predict. And the feelings and thoughts that arise from our inability to do that consistently over time. But hopefully we begin to build some trust in this practice of mindfulness. Or mindfulness is the, the word that... Uh, the Pali word sati often gets translated as mindfulness. And it's often used interchangeably with awareness. I mean, aside from mindfulness being really like popular in the world right now, and it becomes a little unclear what it means, I, I appreciate awareness. Right? And that is an action, like something that we're doing. I'm going to be aware now. but creating or cultivating awareness, creating the conditions for awareness to arise and be sustained. And I suspect that on this retreat, you've had some moments of awareness, maybe fleeting, maybe many moments strung together. I also hope that you've begun to see, like, oh, this really isn't me not being able to control my mind. This really is just the nature of mind. And appreciating getting to know your, your particular mind and its habits and ways of responding. It's something not to take it personally. <laughs> All the acrobatics that the mind does. and not, not only to not take it personally, it's to not believe everything that it puts out. And that's often what feeds our insecurities and our doubts. And then we look externally for some affirmation, some reinforcement that that thought that was passing through that we grabbed a hold to 
might actually be true. And so with this sweet little container we've created together, I really hope that there's been some moments of awareness that none of this is personal. Ajahn Chah said, you'll see it all arise and pass. All of the characters, the ones that say we're the greatest, the ones that say we're not the greatest. And we begin to understand that that deeply satisfying thought of, oh, I am great. I am doing this right. I'm a good meditator. Is just a thought. <laughs> no more uh, valuable necessarily than the thought, you're a terrible meditator. You're getting this wrong. You'll never get it right. When we learn to like relax, it's also relaxing as you that what the mind produces is truth. What we've been practicing is dropping into our body. That's sort of the litmus test. Does this resonate in my body? And it's a good place to check in. Not only are these thoughts that are being generated true or not, but just is this way of responding, thinking, useful? Is it what's needed to incline the mind, incline the heart, Toward happiness and freedom from stress and worry, dukkha, suffering or unsatisfactoriness. And so we practice letting go, we're setting down, relaxing that which is not skillful, that which is not helpful. And that sounds, you know, easy. Oh, just set it down, let it go. But we've had such a tight grip on it for so long. And what we often do is look to external circumstances to change. For us to be okay with the way things are. I can be good when they, or when the world, or when something that's completely out of our control changes, and it leaves us stuck, sort of hanging in the balance. And so we set this intention to be interested, curious, more curious than certain, certain that we know how this is going to go, what the outcome is going to be, but curious about what arises right now, which is different from what arose when the original, whatever, scenario occurred and we had that reaction. 
What is reverberating right now? And we'll eventually return to our lives and out of these ideal conditions, but we'll still have this capacity to be interested, to care, to meet with tenderness. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pleasant, the unpleasant. And this uh, attitude of care, it really is about being in relationship with. Being in relationship with our own heart and mind and one another. In so many ways, this practice is more about undoing, unlearning than learning something new. I suspect in many ways some of what Mark and I have shared this first 24 hours, maybe the language is new, but I imagine it resonates as familiar. Be kind, be patient, be interested. We generally orient that out. And this practice is meeting ourselves with that same quality of mind. And so maybe we came uh, thinking, yep, this is it. I'm going to get a stable mind. I'm going to clear out all the junk. And I'm just going to be calm and peaceful and blissful. And often what happens is the muck gets stirred up. Old conversations, old wounds are opened, or maybe just wounds from last week that haven't quite healed. And we meet that too, with this patience, with kindness. And we learn to recognize it when it arises in the mind. The thread, sort of a a hook. And it can be as simple as looking out the window here and seeing the lovely landscape and the path. You wonder, who has been walking on that path? Did they have on tall boots or short boots? Are there ticks out there? What kind of trees are those actually? This is the cost of wood right now. It was so high during the pandemic. And it goes on and on and on. And oh my gosh, the sitting period is over. (laughs) Or the walking period is over. And that's in ideal conditions, right? I'm sure it's happened to you. You're driving and you maybe don't have a whole lot of recollection of how you arrived somewhere. You were just gone. This uh, proliferation of thoughts, I was so, this is like made me feel better. Like there's a word for it, like papancha. 
like, oh, it's not just me and my own broken mind. This is a thing, and it happens to all of us. Right? We get caught in this cycle. And part of the trap is that we think that we can think our way out of it. And part of that thinking is uh, it's being for or against this push-pull, right? This, the ways we reject experience, not that, not now. These thoughts of what, what should be, which has the thread of criticism and not enough. And when we remember, this is the nature of mind, and we don't have to be hooked or believe everything that arises, we're less likely to get swept away. We're less likely to get caught up in our fears, anxiety, doubt, doesn't mean that those things don't arise, right? It just means that they don't carry us away. We have this uh, capacity with this present moment awareness to check in. Where am I? It's one of the questions I ask myself just to check in When I wake up in my meditation, am I in the present moment? Am I like back in 19, whatever, replaying a situation, redefending myself all over again? Or am I in two years from now or two weeks from now, preparing for that conversation, planning, strategizing, And how am I? How is the heart right now? And that's not a narrative. It's not a thinking question. It's dropping into the body. And whether we speak it out loud or to ourselves with truthfulness, How are we right now? And it's from that place that this transformation, certainly that I wanted from my meditation practice, it's from that place of tenderness, vulnerability, that we can begin to understand what's needed right now. And when we open to that with care, with compassion, like wisdom, just seeing it clearly as it is, we have more choice in how we respond to the stuff that's swirling around us. I have uh, 
someone that I've called a dear friend for like more than 20 years. And uh, yeah, she recently told me that we're not really friends. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I could give you backstory to make you go deeper into the, oh, Stacy, you know, but that's, 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 not, that's not the point of me sharing it. And it, it was absolutely heartbreaking and confusing and still. But because I've been here on this cushion and in this practice for so long, it didn't, it didn't make me throw her out of my heart. Like, I cannot stop caring for her. Like, I just well up talking about it, but, like, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't understand it. But I care about her, whether I call her my friend or whatever it's going to be. And I I can be at ease in the uncertainty of what it's going to be. I don't need to have it all figured out to care for her, to hold her dear. And so that's the fruits of cultivating these good qualities of heart. <laughs> all right? Because life keeps swirling, it keeps coming at us. And we can learn and learn to be compassionate and Or we get flattened, exhausted. And we know what that's like. So from this place of clarity and wisdom, we can choose uh, a different path for ourselves. Taking our cue from just this moment. You don't have to collect all of the evidence of why you're deserving or you're not deserving or why I'm justified in withholding kindness. Just right now. And when there's goodness, and there's lots of goodness, like we can enjoy that. This practice is not about, it's actually about happiness and joy. And when difficulty and challenge arises, likewise, we recognize that. And see where there's places for us to receive or give compassion. And be open to what there is to learn in those difficult moments. More curious than certain. Mm-hmm. Not needing to be the one who's right. Although I did have a little self-righteousness with my friend. <laughs> and she was telling me all of the things that supported us not being friends. I just listened. I just listened. And she asked me, like, well, don't you want to basically complain about me? No, I don't. Like, I could. Of course we could. 
Everyone that we love gets under our skin in some sort of way, and we could fire off probably three to five, whatever. But it just wouldn't have been useful in that moment. Like my interest was really in connection and closeness. And it didn't feel wise. I did feel a little smug about it, but I felt like my heart was in the right place. My intentions were mostly pure. And I didn't want to hurt her. Which is a um, not an easy place to be when we're hurting. Not wanting others to hurt. There's really something to that misery loves company. But then we leave this trail of something, mess that we have to clean up and repair. So can we take that space now to respond in a way that's loving, considerate? Because that's what we do in relationship, right? It's not about only getting what we want or things always going our way. more about um, a shift in our own perspective. That's what Mark has been talking about. That's what we've been talking about. How we relate to what's already here. And so when we sit with ourselves in silence, it really is this invitation to be open to being surprised by our own mind, our own capacity for kindness, for generosity. In all of the conditions that arise. Ajahn Chah, I don't know why this came to mind. (laughs) You said the seat in the middle of the room. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a Walmart greeter. Like you just greet everyone, everyone. Everyone gets a smile. Everyone gets a welcome. (laughs) Why not? Really, when we set this intention to orient the mind, incline the heart toward goodness, kindness, compassion. It really makes the way for happiness to come more easily. We're not doing the thing. We don't have to be loving kindness or be compassion, but create the conditions for those to arise naturally. And from this spaciousness, the softness, grows happiness.
And this, that's wisdom, right? Inclining the mind toward what's good and not denying or dismissing that which isn't good or skillful, but setting it aside, not giving it our energy, not giving it our time. It doesn't need any further examination from the mind of why it's not working or why it doesn't feel good. We have enough evidence. Can we be as interested in the ways that kindness shapes us and our relationships? It's just... uh, In uh, recovery 12-step programs, they talk about clean time, the number of days, weeks, years that one has abstained from whatever their substance or habit, destructive habit of choice has been. And I like that clean time in relation to my, my practice like the way that I orient my mind. Like when I orient my mind toward kindness, toward care, like I did with my friend, I feel clean walking away. Like I have done what I can do. The residue that is here is clean. And it's just a useful, like, reference point, you know, we've offered lots of sort of check-in questions, like, is this useful? (laughs) Is it skillful? Is it helpful? Like, is this what I really want to set in motion? Will I be happy if this is it? I'm not happy in a gotcha, one-up sort of way, which is fleeting, usually. but content, clean. And when we orient the mind, the heart in this way, you know, clean, I like that word, but like light and free. Sometimes this practice can be difficult because we and facing and holding all of our stuff, we feel heavy, down. We have to be interested in that too, right? Like what was, what were those actions and words? What was I doing that led to that? Was, Was it useful, right? It really doesn't make sense to uh, think of our meditation practice in terms of like getting it right or being a success or a failure. Each moment, again, is an opportunity 
to be present. It's like no residue from the last moment. And we show up and we do our best. And we're kind and truthful and patient and generous. Can we also be forgiving when we step in it, when we get it wrong, because we will. Just that uh, yeah, this peacefulness or ease or contentedness that I think we all want, at least to be happy, comes from A bit of harmony right, with the way that it is. Not rejecting what's hard and unpleasant, but welcoming that along with all the other visitors that come. And we open the doors and the windows. Thank you for your kind attention. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.